Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa ba'd. Rabbi yassir wa la tu'assir wa tamim bil khayri wa bika nasta'inu ya fatah. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa sirli amri wa ahlul ukhtatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Rabbi zidni ilma wa lihqni bil salihin. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim. Subhanaka la fahma lana illa ma fahamtalana innaka antal jawadul kareem. My dear respected elders, brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Rewards, gains, blessings, forgiveness, emancipation, and an opportunity to a new life. All these and several additional benefits are from the spiritual achievements of Hajj. Prayer, supplication, Tawaf, pelting, sacrificing, shaving or trimming of the hair. Through these prescribed modes of ibadah, worship, one gains benefit for the soul and direction for the heart. These gains originate in a competition-like atmosphere. Every soul striving for itself. In some instances, the degree of participation exceeds the creation and emulation of the Creator Himself. In Ittihaf, it is recorded that Ibn Muwaffaq rahimahullah says that during one year Hajj, on hearing the crying and the voices of the pilgrims before Allah on the plains of Arafat, he's witnessing this. I besought Allah to grant the reward of my Hajj to him whose Hajj has been accepted. When he saw the scene of the great dedication and devotion, he looked at himself and said, What am I? Whatever reward I have, Allah give to someone who's already accepted. On the plains of Muzdalifah that night, in his dream, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appeared. And Allah said, O oh Ali, are you trying to be more generous than I am? I have created generosity. I have created generous ones. And I am the most generous of all. Verily through that hajis, that pilgrim's hajj, that has been accepted, I have accepted the hajj of each and every one whose hajj had not been accepted. The bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In return of such spirited valor, in pursuit of the ultimate achievement, the body undergoes fatigue and experiences a complete drain-out phase, wherein each and every single limb in one's body gives up. Interesting to point out that some of those who gain the inspiration or the kick to proceed for Hajj usually get it from an unfortunate incident in one's life or a crisis affecting one's health, one's family or one's wealth. From the greatest of the bounties and possessions that Allah has given us, fine health of one's body is one of the greatest blessings. Do we all agree? Good health. For with good health, a lot of things are achievable in life and without it, not much can be accomplished. This is a general view. The point is to shed light on health. 
My dear friends, Hajj is greatly spiritual, but the level of spiritual importance does not in any way cast a shadow on the gains achievable for this body. For thus far what we've learned is all spirituality. The spiritual connection and the inclination and the rewards granted to a pilgrim. What about the body? For one to deplete the physical health for spiritual strength or potency is inconceivable. And vice versa likewise. We can't gain one whilst jeopardizing the other when both are vital for our stability and survival. So if we want to do everything in the world and don't focus on our soul, you cannot live life in that manner. Similarly, if we go for Hajj and focus on spirituality and degrade this health, can't gain nothing. So the question here today is, what is in store through this Hajj for this body? Aside from the experience, the array of feelings, what can I get in Hajj? What can I get through Hajj? What can I get from Hajj which I cannot get elsewhere? For this, we turn to the verse of the Holy Quran which we pointed out previously. Allah subhanahu in surah number 3 verse number 97 states, Fihi ayatun bayinat. In it, in Mecca, in our surroundings of the Kaaba, the environs of that area, there are manifest signs. One of which is Maqam Ibrahim. Fihi ayatun bayinatum maqamu Ibrahim. That the station of Ibrahim is one of the many manifest signs. What else is there? Is there any other sign or miracle that can we, we could point out which Allah has not described in this verse and put into perspective with the Hajj? My dear brothers and sisters, one familiar symbol which is witnessed and benefited from by all pilgrims is the Zamzam. It is Zamzam. Put everything aside, the mere fact that it came to being in the middle of a desert. Its consistency throughout thousands of years. The beneficial qualities that it possesses, the fact that it never dries up, makes this water special and a miracle of Allah. What is the status of this Zamzam water? What are the virtues of it? And why are Muslims so keen on Zamzam water? Before we can grasp all these points and understand them, I believe it's vital to comprehend the historical angle of Zamzam, how it came to be. Thousands of years ago, by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam set out from Palestine to drop off his two dear ones, his wife, Hajra and his son Ismail السلام, in a barren area known as Mecca. At that time, Mecca was completely isolated. Ibrahim left with them only a bag of dates and a leather bag of water. Hajra she noticed the Prophet Ibrahim was planning to move and go back alone. So she asked him, Oh Ibrahim, are we to be left alone in this valley with no water, no food, and no companions? 
Ibrahim did not respond. She kept on answer, asking this question repeatedly. And she could not get an answer from Ibrahim Therefore she finally understood and said, Did Allah order you to do this? He gestured to the affirmative, yes. Upon hearing this, eloquently and with complete reliance on Allah, she said, then we will not be lost. If this is the command of Allah, we will not be lost. Shame on us, my dear brothers and sisters, today when we say, I can't go for Hajj, it's too hot. I can't go for Hajj, I'm too sick. I can't go for Hajj, it's not the right time. When Ibrahim is leaving his dear wife and his newborn son, which he could not have a child for over 80 years. And the understanding is like it's programmed in their heads. Allah won't waste us. If I'm here for Allah, Allah won't waste me. May Allah give us understanding of this. Very powerful statement. Ibrahim following Allah's command left her. And when he was a fair distance away from her, he turned his self back towards the area where his wife and son were and he supplicated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is recorded in the Holy Quran in Surah number uh, in Surah Ibrahim verse number 37 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says to him oh my Allah inni askantu min dhurriyati biwadin ghayri dhi dhar'in inda baytikal muharram Oh Allah, I have settled some of my offspring in a barren valley by your sacred house why? So that they may worship you. رَبَّنَا لِيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ فَاجْعَلْ أَفْئِدَةً مِّنَ النَّاسِ تَهْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ Let people come towards them and assist them and make a community. وَرْزُقْهُمْ مِّنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ Bless them with the various varieties of fruits so that they may give thanks. Fruits are from the many blessings and various bounties which have been bestowed upon this earth by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only thing all these bounties and blessings have in common, aside from being the creation of Allah, is that they all depend on water for life. We all agree? Allah says in the Holy Quran, وَجَعَلْنَا مِنَ الْمَاءِ كُلَّ شَيْنَ حَيْءٍ Everything that is in existence came from water. So Hajar settled down with her son after Ibrahim left. And she continued to nurse the baby and the baby continued to drink. But of course, eventually the dates finished. The water was gone. And now she does not have sufficient energy in us to produce the milk. And she does not have enough milk to feed the baby. And now the baby begins to cry. And the baby continues to scream out of extreme hunger and thirst. So Hajar seeing the state, started looking around for water. She saw close by there was a mountain of Safa. So she climbed it and looked in the valley, down in the valley, if she could see anyone to assist her. She found that there was no one, so she descended the valley. Then she saw the Marwa mountain, she ran up to it. She looked around the area, was there anyone there in the valley to assist her? There was no one, so she came back down. She did this many times over and then on the last time when she climbed Marwa, she heard some type of noise. She heard some type of voice, so it prompted her to say that help if you can. Whoever is there, help if you can. It is said that at that time Jibreel hit the ground with his wing close to where Ismail was sitting, was there. 
and water emerged from the ground. Fresh and pure water. This became known as Zamzam water. Hajj she collected the water with her hand and hence it became like a well. Jibreel Islam said, fear not, do not fear loss, for there is a sacred house here which will be built by this child and his father. My dear brothers and sisters, the Zamzam well is located in Mecca and it is by the Masjid al-Haram, it's in the Masjid al-Haram by the Kaaba, approximately 35, uh, approximately eight, uh, sorry, 38 cubit feet away from the Kaaba and is 35 meters deep. The mere presence of this water was the beginning of the settlement in Makkah Mukarramah. Life began after this water. Before we go into the religious perspective of this water and the belief and the virtues, I want to present to you some valid research pertaining to the Zamzam water. Firstly, it is a small well and it is far away from any source or body of water. It itself is replenishing, constantly replenishing itself in order to produce gallons upon gallons of water for the consumption of the thirsty pilgrims who visit the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in addition to those gallons that are filled up and bottled up and transported to the whole world. Scientist, a Japanese scientist, Masaru Emoto, he says regarding the Zamzam, and I quote his words, the quality and the purity of Zamzam water has and will not be, has not and will not be found anywhere else in the water on this earth. He used nanotechnology and researched the Zamzam water. And he found out that if one drop of Zamzam was mixed with a thousand drops of regular water, it will get the same quality as the Zamzam water. Say SubhanAllah. We all know that if there was something cold in an environment of heat, what would happen to it? It will warm up. And similarly, if there's something hot in an environment of cool, in a cool environment, in a cold environment, it will ultimately become cold. But here, one drop of Zamzam has the effect to change a thousand drops of any other water to its way. He also found that the mineral in one drop of Zamzam water has its own importance that will not be found in any other drop of water around the earth. He found in some tests that the quality of ingredients in the Zamzam water cannot be changed. You cannot change the, the, this, these ingredients in the Zamzam. Why is that? Scientists till this day do not know. Even he recycled the Zamzam water, but there was no change to it, it was still pure. Zamzam water, my dear friends, has scientifically been proven to contain healing qualities due to its high content of calcium and magnesium salts and also natural fluorides that encompass a germicidal action. Let's put this in perspective with general water. In general water, in general, water is considered as mineral and therefore salt and cells best if the rates of the minerals therein are from 150 to 350 milligrams per liter. 
Make sense? General water. Zamzam water, the rate of minerals in it are 2,000 milligrams per liter. And the most remarkable minerals in Zamzam water are calcium, sodium, magnesium, and potassium, and many others. Zamzam water is considered as the richest of all waters on the world in calcium. The rate of calcium in Zamzam water is, uh, is 200 milligrams per liter or higher. It also can be established scientific facts that pool or water wells, pools or water wells tend to grow vegetation such as algae, especially in warm climates. If we don't clean our pools in the back of the house, what happens? The discoloration of the water and the growth of algae and whatever else occurs within it. Amazingly, this is not the case for the well of Zamzam. It has remained free from biological contaminations from the first day, subhanAllah. Now we understand from a scientific perspective, what is the regard of Zamzam? Let's go back to the most important of all. What are the virtues of this blessed water? Imam Ibn Qayyim Jawziyah rahimahullah said, I want to quote his words, very beautifully described. Zamzam water is the best and noblest of all waters. The highest in, in, in status, the dearest to people, the most precious and valuable to them. It was dug by Jibreel and is the water with which Allah quenched the thirst of Ismail. In Sunan ibn Majah, it is reported from Jabir ibn Abdullah that Rasulullah said, that the water of Zamzam is for, what it, for whatever it is drunk for. General statement here. If one drinks it to be healed, Allah heals him. If one drinks it to be full, Allah makes him full. If one drinks it to quench one's thirst, Allah quenches that person's thirst. Alama Ibi rahimahullah says, the water is for whatever purpose it is drunk for, and Allah made it food and drink for Ismail and his mother Hajar alayhi salam. It is reported on the authority of Ibn Abbas He says that when he drank from the water of Zamzam, he would ask Allah for three things. Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'a wa shifa'an min kullita wa rizqan wasi'a Three things he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah, I ask you for beneficial knowledge. Question, what does water and knowledge have connection? Is there any connection between water and knowledge? Whatever you ask for is what Rasulullah said. Oh Allah, I ask for you beneficial knowledge, plentiful provision, and healing from every disease. My dear brothers and sisters, what can be more significant than the fact that the two angels washed the heart of Muhammad when he was a child after they took it out and put it back? Hafiz al-Iraqi rahimahullah says, and I quote to his words, the reason why the Prophet's chest was washed with Zamzam water was to make him stronger so that he could see the kingdom of the heaven and earth and paradise and hell because out of the special qualities of Zamzam is that it strengthens the heart and calms the soul. This report of the chest of the Prophet being washed with the water of Zamzam is proved from the hadith of Abu Dhar It is reported in Bukhari in which Rasulullah said, My roof was open while I was in Mecca. 
And Jibreel came down and opened my chest. Then he washed it with Zamzam water. Then he brought a gold basin full of wisdom and faith, poured it into my chest and closed it up again. Then he took me by his hand and ascended with me to the first heaven. In a hadith recorded in Tabrani, Rasulullah said, The most sublime of all earthly waters is that of Zamzam. 1400 years ago, Muhammad is giving you the surety. We don't, know, we don't need scientists and researchers to prove this to us. Rasulullah has already told us this. The most sublime of all earthly waters is that of Zamzam. Therein one finds food for the hungry and medicine for the ill. My dear friends, the benefits of Zamzam is not restricted to drinking it alone. Rather, one should rub it on any part of one's body wherein one suffering some ailment. It is reported that Rasulullah used to drink it, he did wudu with it, he, he performed ablution with it, and he poured it on his head. He used to carry it in small vessels and large containers, and he used to give it to the sick people to drink and pour it over them also. These are the words of Muhammad sallallahu My dear brothers and sisters, may Allah forgive me. May Allah forgive all of us. My faith is so weak, I even doubt. How could this be? How could one drop of water could do all these things? Magnificent, magnificent and miraculous things. Well, let's, let's look at those people who tried it and they got it. Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib, he says, and this is prior to Muhammad sallallahu the people used to compete over Zamzam during the days of ignorance. The people who had children used to bring them and give them to drink this early morning. We used to think that it was help for people who had children. Abbas further states that during the Jahiliyyah, Zamzam was known as uh, Shaba'a, something which gives you satisfaction. One of the Sahabis, Rahimullah says, Radiallahu Ta'ala says, we used to call it Al-Shaba'a because sat, it was satisfying because it helped us to take care of our families. I.e., at a time when there was no food, there was no water, there was no medicine, in close vicinity and range for one to use and benefit from, Zamzam was our water, Zamzam was our food, Zamzam was our medicine. It is reported in Sahih Muslim that Rasulullah said to Abu Dhar Abu Dhar spent 40 days in the vicinity of the Kaaba without any water, without any food. So Rasulullah once confronted him and asked him during the course of those 40 days, how long have you been here? Abu Dhar said, I've been here for 30 days and 30 nights. Rasulullah asked him, who has been feeding you? He said, I have nothing but Zamzam water and have gotten so fat that I have folds of fat on my stomach. I do not feel any of the tiredness or weakness of hunger and I have not become thin. Rasulullah said, verily it is blessed, it is food that nourishes. Subhanallah. This was the Sahaba, even the ulama in the Salaf acted upon this hadith and they too in return gained the blessings and the barakah of Zamzam. When Abdullah ibn Mubarak went for Hajj, he came to the Zamzam and said, O oh Allah, Ibn Abdul Mawali told us from Muhammad ibn Abdul Munkadir, from Jabir radiallahu that the Prophet said, the water of Zamzam is for whatever you drink it for. O oh Allah, I am drinking it to ward off the thirst of the Day of Resurrection, SubhanAllah. I am drinking it to ward off the thirst of the Day of Qiyamah. 
Ibn Qayyim Jawzi rahimahullah says, I myself and others tried seeking healing with Zamzam water and saw wondrous things. I sought healing from it from a number of illnesses and I was healed by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I saw something when nourishing my... Uh, I saw someone who nursed himself with it for a number of days, half a month or more, and he did not feel hunger. He continued to perform tawaf as everyone else did, not a sign of fatigue or exhaustion on that individual, subhanAllah. Dayuni rahimahullah reports that Humaydi rahimahullah said, we were with Sufyan ibn Uyayna, and he took us, and he told us the hadith, the famous hadith. That Rasulullah said, the water of Zamzam is for whatever you drink it for. So a man got up from that gathering and he walked away. He walked away. After a short while, he came back and he said, Oh Abu Muhammad, is the hadith which you told about the Zamzam water a strong hadith? Is it sahih? He said, yes. Then the man said, just now I drank a bucket of Zamzam. And I made dua that you tell me 100 hadith. So Sufyan said, sit down. He sat him down and he taught him 100 hadith. Subhanallah. He made the dua by Zamzam with belief in it. And Sufyan, uh, rahimahullah, he was a busy person. But he sat him down and he taught him 100 hadith. The scholars and the righteous have tried this. They drank from it with the intention of not only fulfilling their needs and seeking cure for their own illnesses, but also for relief from po poverty and catastrophes around the globe. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is for them achieving their needs. Wahb ibn Munabbah rahimahullah, who's one of the second generation of Muslims, he said, I swear by him in whose possession is my life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will re relieve the person of any illness, of all illnesses, who drinks Zamzam to his fill, and will also grant him good health. <laughs> ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah, he says, that when you drink water, drink the Zamzam to your full. Don't drink a cup. Don't fear the water. Drink it to the extent that it fills your stomach until it fills your ribs. Because this water is good. For he quotes a hadith of Rasulullah which is narrated by Ibn Majah rahimahullah, that the difference between the believers and the hypocrites is drinking one's fill of Zamzam water. Why so? Because the Zamzam water is somewhat salty. It is not sweet like other bottled waters or other types of water, filtered water that we're accustomed to. Why? Because if it was so good, then we would have not thought of it to be the miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's somewhat on the salty side. But that person who believes in the word of Allah and believes in what Rasulullah said will continue to drink it because they know that shifa and healing and the fulfillment of one's needs come from whom? From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My dear brothers and sisters, a haji goes to the house of Allah. SubhanAllah, with today's facilities, there is zamzam from the time you enter the country to the time you exit. You can't enter Makkah unless they stop your bus and they personally give you bottles of zamzam. And you cannot depart back home until now you go to the station and they give you drums of zamzam. This is the blessing of this water. So not only should we benefit from it whilst being there, but bring it back home also. For this is such an enormous blessing, it should not be confined to ourselves, nor to the location alone. Rather, we should take it back home, around the globe, and share it with others. 
This is not a custom or practice which we saw growing up. Rather, this is a sunnah and it is recorded from sane and stable sources. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she used to take the zamzam water with her when she used to depart. And Rasulullah used to do this. He used to carry it in vessels, in small vessels, in buckets, and used to give it, as I stated earlier, to people who are sick for them to drink and for them to wash themselves. Ibn Abbas radiallahu whenever a guest used to visit them, he used to honor them with zamzam water. Ata radiallahu was asked about the zamzam water and taking it back home and taking it with you. He said the Prophet wasallam, Hassan, Hussein radiallahu anhumah, they all took it with them. So my dear brothers and sisters, asking for zamzam water from those who are going, in addition from asking from them dua, is a sunnah. One is to bring it back and one is to request for it to be brought back. For there's a hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu that Rasulullah Sallam wrote a letter to Suhail ibn Amr and he stated in that letter, if my letter reaches you at night, do not wait until morning. And if it reaches you during the day, do not wait until evening. Send me some zamzam water. He sent him two containers full and this was at the time when Rasulullah Sallam was in Medina and this was before the conquest of Makkah. So in conclusion here today, my dear brothers and sisters, upon concluding six of our eight-part series pertaining to Hajj and all dimensions possible for us to cover, we've come to learn this journey and all the acts, all the hardships, whatever else, are only good and beneficial for a believer. So question one should then ask themselves, why am I laggard by delaying such a great opportunity? Why am I doubting my presence to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our eyes to see true benefit and the true success from amidst all the deception that has taken over the world that we live in today. May Allah open our eyes to pursue the goodness. May Allah grant us goodness, not just in this world, but also in this grave, on the day of judgment, all the way to Jannah Firdos, not just for us, but for the whole of humanity. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa akhiru da'wan. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.